search for a little bit. Welcome to Elder Voices, a four-episode podcast of stories and ideas from elders and about elderhood from within Mi'kmaq, African Nova Scotian, Acadian, and Gaelic communities. For those of us in Anglo-Settler communities who have lost the tradition of elderhood, this is an invitation to listen, learn, and remember. For all of us, these voices will offer a window into ways of life in Mi'kma'ki that are different from our own. I am Amanda Bostland, and this is a project of How We Thrive. Elder Voices was made possible through the Department of Seniors and Long-Term Care and was recorded and produced in Mi'kma'ki, the ancestral and unceded territory of the Mi'kmaq people. We are all treaty people. During this episode, we hear from two African Nova Scotian women. I met with Sylvia Paris Drummond and Rashida Simmons at the Delmore Buddy Day Learning Institute in Halifax. I so appreciated learning from their conversation and left feeling inspired. I feel like in terms of elder and how we're talking about elder, one of the things that stays in the center of it all is being participatory, is being part of things. That is Sylvia Paris Drummond. Sylvia is a proud member of the Black African Nova Scotian community. She is a nanny, mother, sister, auntie, godmother, and blessed with special and dear friends. Sylvia is president of SV Paris Consulting and CEO of the Delmore Buddy Day Learning Institute. Her work in education, strategic facilitation, and the community is rooted in core Afrocentric principles. She is a seasoned collaborator and social justice change agent. Sylvia conducts policy analysis and develops education products focused on anti-racism and social equity transformation. As an entrepreneur and recipient of the 2022 Queen's Jubilee Medal, the 2022 Atlantic Business Top 50 CEO Award, and the 2020 RBC Social Change Award, she has influenced change in the corporate and private sectors. And here is Rashida Simmons. I like to think about kind of like the web that was made through all my elders. When I listen to the stories of my great-grandparents and even in the community, what people did and what they sacrificed for us to have the communities, it's, it's amazing. Rashida Simmons is an African-Canadian woman with Indigenous ancestry from Nova Scotia. She is an educator at the Nova Scotia Community College and has worked in education in many diverse capacities during her career. Rashida is also a writer and counselor who focuses on using first-person narratives to impart knowledge of culture and holistic wellness. Her writing often embodies themes of exploring history, creating artistry, engaging in self-help, and healing emotional and mental wounding through a journey of self-discovery. She is instrumental in writing curriculum for African-Canadian studies courses used in adult education programs in Nova Scotia. She works within her community as a mentor, counselor, and advocate for those needing support to rebuild and enrich their lives. Rashida is dedicated to cultivating understanding through therapeutic interaction, skill building, and creative expression. She is working to promote and facilitate restoration in her community through promoting literacy, education, and a consciousness around mental health and emotional well-being. And now for my conversation with Rashida and Sylvia. So maybe we'll start with kind of the big main question, which is basically, uh, what is the role, would you say, of elders in your communities? Mm-hmm. Um, so if it's okay, I'll start, try to attempt to answer that. 
I mean, I think it's important to to kind of say as well. So when I'm thinking about trying to bring a perspective of the Black African Nova Scotian community, I am uh, understanding that it's not possible to speak on behalf of all the community. So, so what I will kind of suggest as an answer is certainly individual to me, but also I think something that I feel like I've had some sense about across the community. So, you know, the role of an elder, which is, you know, someone who is, has experience, wisdom, and generally age uh, that has been able to give that person that experience and that wisdom um, is to be available for us for in terms of learning. So for those who are, um, who are trying to walk and be as we should be in community. Um, so to, to listen to what that individual or individuals are saying and be guided by that. So I think the role is to help individually um, folks learn, grow, and thrive, but also to support in a collective way um, our community. Mm. Thank you. Yeah, and thank you for making the point that um, there there are all sorts of different perspectives, and we're only able to capture a, a kind of a small a small piece of that. Yes, we won't uh, count this as the the be all end all yeah. or the one right answer or anything like that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, in my experience in my communities, which would mostly be the Preston Township, um, elders are like knowledge keepers in our community especially of um, the way society was in the past. So for me, I just recently got some of the older people in the community to write about what was it like in the 50s and if they're older in the 40s, what was it like for your grandparents? So they're, for me, like living record keepers. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times our families are very close knit. So they also have genealogical information. So they can tell me who all my cousins are and how I'm related to this person and all the different ways some of the families intersect. You know, they have information about um, births, marriages, deaths, who moved away, like that kind of thing. Um, and they're also very keen about family traits. So they can say, you know, this family, they're really known for music. Or this family, they were blacksmiths or farmers. So I find they really hold a deep well of information um, if we just talk to them. Um, and so I think it's really important for me anyway to keep that connection. Also, I got a lot of help uh, raising my daughter from the mm. older women in my family and also the community, like things to do with her hair and ways to dress her best in the wintertime, huh. you know, the best way to even teach the alphabet or these kinds of things. So for me, it's just a deep well of information. Um, and sometimes it can be cautionary tales. They're there mm-hmm. for protection. So they can warn us about certain things, certain people, certain areas, patterns that they've noticed over mm-hmm. the course of their lives. Mm-hmm. So I'm always there to ask questions um, to help me navigate um, my life better and to also keep, you know, their energy very vibrant, like within our family and community, because sometimes if that connection is not there, people can start to fade away. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think keeping the connection strong helps them live on even like when they've passed. We always have fond memories of the things they've shared. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Rashida, I mean, I love... um, 
I love the the range of examples that you've given and the kind of very explicit things around roles. And and I, I, I feel like in terms of, and thinking about geographically too, because my home communities are Mulgrave, Guysborough County. Mm-hmm. And so I think the things that I've heard you say that tweet for me is like also... Um, there is that kind of uniqueness to to our geographic community, and for us, with like my mom's family's from Upper Big Trackety, right? So in terms of ge- geography, like that's a whatever twenty minute drive or fifteen minute drive from Mulgrave, where I grew up with my family, and and there's uniqueness there because also it's impacted by how fortunate you were to have folks around you, right? Like that it's it's very cool to be able to walk out of your house and see, you know, your auntie, you know, or your 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 grandparent or, you know, your godparent and stuff as well. And then also like we had that might have been just like I said, a little bit of a travel to kind of experience that. And the other thing that came to my mind was thinking all of our kinship relationships, right? How that is so important as well. And so we take this learning from those who kind of um, in our family line, if you will, in terms of family name and, as you said, cousins, aunts, and all those things. And also the neighbor who is really close to us as well can give us that wisdom and that and that guiding way. So, so yeah, I think it's really important to remember that. And the, the, the second last thing I should say, because then I'll probably think of something else while we're speaking, but this, uh, this thing about how they were so generous with lessons in ways that were really, um, considerate and held grace for us who are learning. And an example for that for me is to say, how many times were they setting and getting my hair done? Um, and, you know, my mom and her sister or, you know, my neighbor were talking and only realizing after the fact that what they were talking about was for the benefit of me, mm-hmm. right? So I was being able to be listening to these, right, um, without kind of having the direct tell to do something maybe, but wisdom sharing in this really, like I said, what feels like a very gentle in grace-holding way, right, and all of those things. And then the other that was in my family home, in their kitchen, um, in terms of heating the rest of the house, there was a vent in the ceiling that would allow the heat from of the kitchen stove to go up into the next level. Um, and so sometimes my siblings and I, we would, like, listen over that vent, <laughs> not even realizing they knew what we were doing. But the same thing, again, there was ways to share information and to... And to um, and get that learning in that way, and sometimes we were shooed away because we weren't supposed to be there. But but it was again like it just really strikes me how how you know an elder message about um, we have knowledge to share. We want you to be able to kind of take it in in a way that is most useful for learning and for change. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's really mm-hmm. interesting to consider not just the, the content of what it is, but how it is shared. Mm-hmm. Did that spark anything else for you, Rashida? In my grandmother's home, um, I had a similar experience, but my mom was, is very social. <laughs> and so I was always at a lot of community events as well. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you'll find that same family feel, even if, when it's, you know, hundreds of us. So I find a lot of it's transferable, which is great, too. And then um, 
I do remember learning from elders who weren't in my family. Like if it was a church event or a community event, sometimes there's elders who are a little like elevated or kind of have a bigger energy in the community, maybe based on their work or their expertise. And so sometimes they'd be called upon to speak or share stories more broadly. And so I remember um, engaging with those elders too and just looking up to them because I saw, you know, everyone else held them in such esteem. So then I would always wonder like, well, why? And then I learned the story of this person. Mm-hmm. So that's a that was a very um, unique experience in my childhood as well, which huh. I really liked, actually. Mm-hmm. I always loved hearing the stories mm-hmm. of older people. It just, I don't know, for some way it made me feel like that I had a lot of life to live. Because I'm like, wow, this person did all that, you know, and they're still here. So it just, I don't know, it's comforting in a way to hear that, you know, so much can be accomplished in a, in a lifetime. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and like I said, my mom, my mom had family in a big tragedy and her growing years would have been in monastery, actually rear monastery, (laughs) again, it's explicit. And uh, I, I, I think about that too, in terms of like this beauty of, of uh, good size uh, families in terms of numbers, um, and that kind of a modeling about um, our responsibility, actually our privilege, I'll say, to be able to care for each other. I think that's something else that we really understand um, across community in terms of elders as well, because mm-hmm. the they would invite us in to be supports. Right. And, and it was, um, it wasn't an opportunity. It was a privilege. It was humbling to, to have, uh, to be asked to do something, Hmm. to be part of something and to support something. Um, and as you were saying, Rashida, I mean, so many things showed up to our church, right? To our church engagement as well. And, uh, it, it, it was interesting for me, um, growing up. I think when we think about black community in church, we predominantly think Baptist, uh, but my family was Catholic. The, so what I see kind of showing up in the same way, though, which I think is community connection, is that same kind of celebratory we give to church, we do with church, um, and we try to be out behaving in a way that is, uh, you know, that is going to celebrate um, and be... Oh, gosh, I'm struggling for the word about it, but it's trying to say, like, you know, because we're proud of our family, we're proud of our family names, you know, like, things like, right? Like, if you say Paris has a last name, you think about the communities where that came from, whatever. So there's always these things, and so you're, 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 you're about kind of, uh, grounded, I think, in respect. And, and maybe you don't, um, maybe you don't explicitly think about that until this type of conversation, right? Because you're living it and you're being it every day. And then when you're saying, okay, so let's reflect on where that came from. Well, it's because I had respect for my mother and my father, uh, for mommy and daddy, many of us would usually say, right? For, for my, for our grandparents, who, as I said, in terms of kind of living and doing and learning things and passing on knowledge are the elders. So we all, we had that. And we were just, like I said, kind of by routine doing it. And it's uh, it's kind of in this reflecting conversation where you say, well, okay, where does that come from? Where mm-hmm. is that? How is that grounded? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And would you say that um, 
the elders in your lives have been like a support and an inspiration sort of from the time you were quite young through to the present day? Is there times in your life where that would have been more important or not? Well, for me, it's been my whole life, for sure, even now. Um, I definitely will ask. And sometimes I think of elders, some of them aren't that much older than me, um, like at least, uh, you know, maybe 10 years older than me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And the reason why I may consider them an elder or an elder in training, so to speak, is because they have a lot of wisdom on a certain subject. And I think that's good as well, because it's it's kind of closer to me so they can understand a lot of what like if they're maybe 15 years older than me or something so they're not officially maybe in what would be considered an elderly person but they have expertise in this area and they can understand more of what I'm going through as a younger person because they're closer to it Um, and then you have the elders that maybe in their 80s or something like that and although you know things may have changed a lot I can still go to them, especially for core values, like core lessons that we all need to survive as humans or as a woman or as a black woman. I know they can give that to me regardless of when they were born because of all their lived experience. So I would say even now I have like a varied group, um, various ages, but all older than me. And um, I go to certain people for certain things. <laughs> like I have an elder that's just like the recipe elder. Mm-hmm. Like, how do I make this? Can I substitute this? That kind of thing. That's my go-to person. And there's someone else who knows a lot about the law and like city planning and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So if I ever have a question about that, they can tell me. Huh. Um, and then there's like the more mothering person, the more like tough love person. So I've really tried to embed myself with older um, people, especially women. I do have older um, men from the community that I'm associated with, and that's more like a fatherly energy. Um, but I'm constantly going back to like older black women because they've carried me so far through my, you know, through my journey. Mm-hmm. Um, although both both elders are absolutely valued, I've needed some women's advice um, mm-hmm. quite a few times in my life, so. I'm definitely grateful for that access to them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it, it makes me think as well about um, it's this age thing and how do you kind of figure it out and balance it, right? Um, because there is this part of being like, being active, like actually kind of around and kind of doing things, which is like knowledge, as you were saying, right? Um, and that kind of wisdom piece as well. And then I, I would think too, because I'm thinking about some people now as I speak this out loud, who I don't necessarily have the opportunity to be in their physical presence or around them in the way that I might like to be, but I can read what they've said, Right. Or I can listen to maybe recordings of them and stuff because some of the things we had did with elders um, from my down-home community around some projects that had been involved with youth was to record, mm-hmm. right? To get those stories and record those stories. So you have kind of different ways of hearing that as well. And uh, the advice piece around um, like even um, 
kind of our health, whatever, right? You know, like lots of us can tell the story about how there was, there would be a pot simmering on our stove, right, during the flu season time, right? So it was out there in the air, and it was helping to clear you and keep you healthy. And they were lots of times made from natural uh, herbs that were in maybe our local garden or the neighbor's local garden. So the 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 other thing that I'm thinking about in terms of kind of this wisdom and elders, there's a larger piece of influence on the larger society as well, because mm. we're starting to be more um, more cognizant, more reflective of that now about natural healing, and some of these things that we were doing in our communities for survival, because we you know we needed to do it in that way, and now they're being embraced more as a a way of being, a best way of being in terms of our health and our energy, but those things were there for us ongoing. So I think as well, it's interesting to think about, is there a kind of a <laughs> a line where we pass over and then we, we come from, um, and I loved your phrase, like elder in training type thing, right? Yeah. Where, we, where we kind of pass to that um, and what that might mean for folks. So I feel like in terms of elder and how we're talking about elder, one of the things that stays in the center of it all is being participatory, is being part of things, and is helping us all be part of things in this conversation. So I think that gives us a little bit of a, an elastic stretch for what that age might be, mm-hmm. um, as well as for kind of how it can show up, right, um, in, the, in that identification I'm always thinking about what, what respect is. And, you know, if we're, we're graced to have folks with us who are in the 80s or in the 90s, 70s, whatever, um, of course, we always want to honor, you know, that and those folks being there and always then think about, so, so how are we able to make space for those voices so that if minimally... I can at least say that I am mouthing what some elder told me, right? So there's some way to pass on that uh, on that information if it's not direct, direct from one person to person, mm-hmm. that we can take it, a, we can feel um, that responsibility to, to share that out whenever we can. I feel like even the elders we have now, maybe they're in their 80s or 70s or 90s, I feel like these are people who maybe when they were in their 40s, they were still community people. I want to say, I mean, the elders that I go to for help. Um, they were people who were kind of known even when they were younger as doing these things in community or having this specialty. So when they get older, it's even more so. But I also want to say, um, I know all the elders are not just like important people that I can get something from, like a skill. Like sometimes what I've learned is sometimes an elder can teach you things, not necessarily through like their words, but like if you've ever cared for an older person, like you will Mm -hmm. learn a lot about patience, nurturing, um, just like human needs, even just for like compassion and like a kind Mm -hmm. word or a soft touch. And how that really impacts a human, especially when they're at a time at, in their life where their power may be fading. And what I learned is that that can really scare people. Like who, like sometimes it may be hard as like maybe you're 78 and you don't want to say like, I feel weak, like in my body, I can't do these things I used to. I have to depend on people more. That can be really hard for people. Um, 
because it's a signifier that, you know, you're entering the end stages of life, which is a beautiful stage, but at the same time, it can be scary, that transition. So I also don't want to have the message that our elders are only people with expertise and with this, all this knowledge. And they are, but I learned to look at it in different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, like maybe what I can learn from you is by caring for you or doing something nice for you or listening to you, <laughs> like just talk about your day, right? And I've had to learn that. I haven't always had that patience, especially in my 20s. I was quite used to rushing around all the time. Mm-hmm. And I know I used to spend more time with my grandmother, like when I was 16, 17, 18. And I graduated high school, and I know that drastically reduced. And I still spent time with my grandmother, but I know I was more self-involved, clearly, <laughs> at that time in my life. Um, and she had like other grandchildren and people around, so she wasn't lonely or anything. But just thinking about that time, how it's like suddenly, you know, this person that was there, they're busy with their own lives. And so I think for some elders, that time can be lonely as well. Mm-hmm. And that may not ever be expressed. So I try to keep that in mind, huh. like, you know, to visit people, check in, call and give back to the elders instead of because I listen, I've gotten a lot <laughs> from elders. So just doing those little things just helps me to kind of pay it back a little bit. Yeah. In the common piece, it still feels like moving change. Right. And that, and like you said, so there's, there's, there's elders and I really am going to not name anybody (laughs) because I'm going to miss somebody. But I hope that, you know, that folks will, when this is being heard, will hear themselves in, in the stories that we're talking about in the way that we're describing. But there's folks like who have led social justice change, right? There's folks who have led community development. There's folks who have led change in education, change in the justice system. So anything you can think about, there's been voices there in our community in that in that kind of um, wisdom, knowledge, uh, dedication, <laughs> persistence, all of those things ways, right? And I think those are those to me are are characteristics of what shows up in our elders. And I think the that can be out front, so you can see somebody very visible in that, or it's behind the scenes, right? Um, a lot of times, again, in terms of experience, um, I think I would say be safe in saying, particularly to women, to black women, it's showing up through the church, through that church participation, right? And that's often behind the scenes in that work. Um, but I think also for us in terms of, of um, being learners, um, from the wisdom is that it's about purpose and about community. And so so what people seem to be holding to is to that. Um, and we get it, we, in community, we, we get it right when we do find ways to champion them and to acknowledge them and celebrate them, right? People aren't, my experience, are not asking for that at all. Right. In fact, they are always so humble, which from our side, I think is more the reason to be vocal about acknowledging folks and thanking them and championing them mm. for what they do. Yeah. Do you have a, yeah, would you be able to like, tell us a story of a specific time that you felt you were guided by, by an elder? Yeah. I mean, for me, I, I think back to, 
to when my when my mom passed away. Um, my dad had passed away before my mom, and then my mom passed away, um, and I was still in high school. And so the decision making about what to do and where to go um, in my life was one of those ones where, again, more so in reflection, <laughs> not in that ne- necessary that explicit moment, where you know, wisdom, elder wisdom, was really important, right? Because I had to hear a number of things. Of course, it was tragic for us to have lost our mother, our parents, and and so faith was challenged for me. Um, you know, confidence about what we can do, where I could go. At that time, I had the gift of being able to care for my younger sister, and I I needed to hear a lot from folks that were encouraging, reminding me about what my mom and what my daddy would have wanted us to do. And that was really um, deep wisdom about how to have that conversation with me as well. So uh, it was, um, yeah, there was a few folks who were in that in terms of that elder role. And to what you had mentioned earlier, Rashida, like it wasn't necessarily all the more senior age folks who were in this conversation, but there was folks with wisdom um, who had lived experiences and who really wanted to see what was the best for us. So yeah, that that would be my kind of yeah deep memory. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. One of my like core memories um, is of my grandmother on my mom's side, Rose, and she um, was very much into gardening and plants and nature. So she would um, always take me out with her into the field because my grandfather was a farmer. So she would take me out with her and pick peas and beans and all these things from the garden, like bring them in, show me how to like wash and clean things properly, that kind of thing. Um, Going to pick berries and she would tell me like which berries we don't eat. These are poisonous. These ones are good and pick them like this. And um, just a lot of knowledge about the the land. Then this was in East Preston. Um, she would like, <laughs> she was really scared about snakes. I always remember her kicking and swatting if we were picking berries just to get the snakes away from us. But she just taught me a lot about nature. And those were really fun times. And even today, I can tell my daughter if we're doing a nature walk, oh, these are these kind of berries. Mm-hmm. And my grandmother used to use this for that. And when they got sick, they would boil this and they would plant this. And so I have a lot of plant knowledge that I don't use, which I should. I always say I'm going to plant a garden. Mm -hmm. And then every year, I'm a little lazy on that, but this year will be the (laughs) year, I hope. Um, And we have a currant tree, um, a red currant tree at my grandfather's that my grandmother and I planted together. So mm-hmm. I always look at that as such a beautiful thing. Like it's a living thing that's still here. And I remember doing it and she's gone now, but this representation of that day is still wow. here. And then with my daughter, we go out every year and we pick the currants off before the birds. Um, and it's a whole thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I just love having that memory of her just teaching me about being in nature. Mm-hmm. And it's something that I always go back to. Like if I'm ever really kind of stressed out even at work if I walk outside or if I put my feet in the grass or just being around the land Mm. it always kind of relaxes me and then I think about all the things that she taught me so that has had a lasting effect and one more thing I'll say outside of my family Mm -hmm. 
Um, I'm an educator by trade, also soon to be a certified counselor. And all of my jobs leading up to this point, I've been recommended by older black women in community. And it's always been along the lines of being a tutor, being a youth worker, um, being a teacher. And they're always recommending me and they see in me that I would be well suited to that type of job. Like, oh yeah, you know, Rashida would be good with working with the youth. So I always felt really honored that like my name would come up when they were looking for someone to do these kinds of things. So I always felt very proud and that instilled a lot of confidence in me as well. And it is a very good fit for my personality. So it really helped me to gain the experience I needed and the knowledge I needed to um, do better in my career. Wow. So those two things I always think about that have helped me so much. Yeah. Mm. Oh, I just really love hearing all these things. And I, uh, I don't want to keep you too long, but I would love to hear more if there's more that you want to share, because I know we're just touching on this. Can I just open it up to you too, then, if there's anything else you really would like to share at this time or that you're thinking of or want to reflect a bit more on? I guess just it's I think it's really important that we continue to be comfortable with talking about and supporting this idea about elders um, and that wisdom in our community and in our knowledge and and maybe um, you know maybe there's some way to be even thinking about how how we can not harness, not the word, but it's always come to my mind in terms of like the value of that, right? So that, so that folks that can have the rich experience that we've been trying to share here in this conversation, um, and, and create that in, in a, in a way that you can encounter it wherever you go, right? And know that, and know that as you learn, you can take that wisdom um, and share that, right? There's, there's a saying in terms of around, say, career stuff, you know, lift as you climb. So I love the figure of there's a phrase that is, you know, comparable to that, like share as you learn or, or something, right? Mm-hmm. And that in it so that, so that this does continue on. Um, and that we start to, to really reignite our valuing of those in the community, in the community voice, um, and that that elder knowledge is very valid knowledge, right? Um, and it's not one or the other in terms of academic or elder or community knowledge. It's the richness from all of that together that's important. Yeah, I like to think about kind of like the web that was made through all my elders. When I listen to the stories of my great-grandparents and even in the community, what people did and what they sacrificed for us to have the communities, it's, it's amazing. Um, and how hard people had to work. And so I always look at that and become very grateful for where I am because I know I don't work anywhere <laughs> near mm-hmm. as hard, especially physically. Mm-hmm. Um, and the time it took to do things back then, um, even traveling from place to place. It's, it's just mind-blowing because things have become a little more convenient for me, but I know it wouldn't be so if they hadn't put that work in. And then I look around at people maybe like in their mid-30s to 40s, and 
I see them like planning community meetings and running things and creating organizations. And some of them have been doing it since like their 20s. Um, but I can see even in these young leaders, like they're following a model mm-hmm. that like the footprints are elders left. And it's like they've had people to look up to. And you can tell in the way they organize things. It's like, okay, you know, you've been watched or you've been mentored. Um, so that makes me proud as well that the legacy um, is living on through uh, younger people. So those things keep me humble and they keep me happy. I, I always feel very loved when I think about all the work people put in to make sure, you know, their descendants would be, you know, in the place that we are. Because they didn't have to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they could have had an had easier life if they didn't. But it makes me feel um, very warm to think about that. And so I always take the time every day to think about my elders who have passed and to definitely check in on the mm-hmm. ones that are still here um, to make sure that, you know, like you said, um, Sylvia, that the connection stays strong. Yeah, no, it's great. It is great to, like I said, to kind of maybe talk about it and think about it more often, right? Yeah. And that says, uh, you know, thinking about the, you know, the range of folks across the province and whatever, you know, who may not have the access that you have or I have had, right, but still would love for them to be able to have that feeling, to create that feeling Mm -hmm. on the way. So, yeah, elders in the classroom. Right. Mm-hmm. That's really important. Mm-hmm. Um, in some organizations, they have, like, I know at NSCC, they have, like, Indigenous elders on as a member of the staff. Mm-hmm. And I think it would be very valuable for to have an African Nova Scotian elder as well, because, like, those people in their late teens, early 20s, and some older students as well, um, if they don't have access to their own elder, <laughs> then there's, like, as far as a family relationship or, mm-hmm. or a community member, um, there's someone there that with a similar culture. So mm-hmm. elders in the classroom, I love yeah, that. That I, needs to happen. Yeah, I mean, that is definitely one. And in terms of the work that uh, that I'm involved in with Delmar Buddy Day here is, is that we think that is so important, right, to have that, to have that voice and that perspective. And it goes to, again, this idea about, you know, um, just being present, right? Like just being present, it's like if a, a school is a cafeteria, Right, you're just hanging in a cafeteria. How many wonderful things happen because we sat down over food together, and you're comfortable, and you're casual, and your relationship is growing. And you, you, the burden of some of the pieces that, if it's a person outside your culture, that you don't have to worry about because they understand what it is to be black in community and to have kind of the history. So that's all off the side. Now we're just talking relational, right? And I'm just trying to hear what you need. And then I can give back to you. And I, I think about the same, like, in family as well and stuff. Like, when we're talking about kinship stuff, like, I just remember these stories about where, you know, one day <laughs> I'm like, I'm leaving the house because I'm upset about something. You know, I go down to my neighbors. You know, of course, my parents knew where I was going, all that stuff. But I'm down there and she's listening to me and she's hearing me talk in a different way and she's hearing what I'm saying through a different lens or I think, you know, she's actually supporting my mom saying, you know, I'll just give you some space because sometimes we just need that from each other. And when you were saying about the multiple elders with different 
kind of strengths to share, it's that same type of thing, right? You know, it's just like we're just always there. Like I love, used to love when people would come to to my home. Like, well, I've grown children now, right? But you just love when they come. And it was interesting to hear. I'd be talking about how so and so was helping me do the dishes or clean whatever, and then that person's mom would say, "What? <laughs> they don't do that at my place, <laughs> right?" And so it was just all these little things that are about like a safe space, a really secure space, and where you can trust in terms of you know, confidentiality or whatever, like that you can share and that you, it, the sharing is about me knowing you better and trying to help you as much as I can, right? And I think those are all the things. And so those are the things that can happen when you have elders in spaces that are relational, right? That's so important. So, so yeah, so the elders in the school and the elders and all the post-secondary places, I think, are just so right, to be trying to do, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, thank you so much, both of you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Elder Voices, a project of How We Thrive. To learn more about what else How We Thrive is involved in within the beautiful lands of Mi'kma'ki, find the website at www.howwethrive.org and sign up for the e-newsletter at the bottom of the page. We look forward to you joining us for the other three episodes of Elder Voices.